Book 15, Chapter 7 of the Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. Chapter 7 How Herod slew Sohemus and Mariamne, and afterward Alexandra and Costoberus, and his most intimate friends, and at last the sons of Babas also. However, when he came into his kingdom again, he found his house all in disorder, and his wife Mariamne, and her mother Alexandra very uneasy, for as they supposed, what was easy to be supposed, that they were not put into that fortress, Alexandrium, for the security of their persons, but as into a garrison for their imprisonment, and that they had no power over anything, either of others or of their own affairs. They were very uneasy, and Mariamne, supposing that the king's love to her was but hypocritical, and rather pretended as advantageous to himself than real, she looked upon it as fallacious. She also was grieved that he would not allow her any hopes of surviving him, if he should come into any harm himself. She also recollected what commands he had formerly given to Joseph, insomuch that she endeavored to please her keepers, and especially Sohemus, as well apprised how all was in his power. And at the first Sohemus was faithful to Herod, and neglected none of the things he had given him in charge. But when the women, by kind words and liberal presents, had gained his affections over to them, he was by degrees overcome, and at length discovered to them all the king's injunctions, and this on that account principally, that he did not so much as hope he would come back with the same authority he had before so that he thought he should both escape any danger from him, and supposed that he did hereby much gratify the women, who were likely not to be overlooked in the settling of the government, nay, that they would be able to make him abundant recompense, since they must either reign themselves, or be very near to him that should reign. He had a further ground of hope also that, though Herod should have all the success he could wish for, and should return again, he could not contradict his wife in what she desired, for he knew that the king's fondness for his wife was inexpressible. These were the motives that drew Sohemus to discover what injunctions had been given him. So Mariamne was greatly displeased to hear that there was no end of the danger she was under from Herod, and was greatly uneasy at it, and wished that he might obtain no favors from Caesar, and esteemed it almost an insupportable task to live with him any longer. And this she afterward openly declared without concealing her resentment. And now Herod sailed home with joy at the unexpected good success he had had, and went first of all, as was proper, to this his wife, and told her, and her only, the good news, as preferring her before the rest, on account of his fondness for her, and the intimacy there had been between them, and saluted her, 
but so it happened that as he told her of the good success he had had she was so far from rejoicing at it that she rather was sorry for it nor was she able to conceal her resentments but depending on her dignity and the nobility of her birth in return for his salutations she gave a groan and declared evidently that she rather grieved than rejoiced at his success and this till herod was disturbed at her as affording him not only marks of her suspicion but evident signs of her dissatisfaction this much troubled him to see that this surprising hatred of his wife to him was not concealed but open and he took this so ill and yet was so unable to bear it on account of the fondness he had for her that he could not continue long in any one mind but sometimes was angry at her and sometimes reconciled himself to her but by always changing one passion for another he was still in great uncertainty and thus was he entangled between hatred and love and was frequently disposed to inflict punishment on her for her insolence towards him but being deeply in love with her in his soul he was not able to get quit of this woman in short as he would gladly have her punished so was he afraid lest ere he were aware he should by putting her to death bring a heavier punishment upon himself at the same time when herod's sister and mother perceived that he was in this temper with regard to mariamne they thought they had now got an excellent opportunity to exercise their hatred against her and provoked herod to wrath by telling him such long stories and calumnies about her as might at once excite his hatred and his jealousy now though he willingly enough heard their words yet had not he courage enough to do anything to her as if he believed them but still he became worse and worse disposed to her and these ill passions were more and more inflamed on both sides while she did not hide her disposition towards him and he turned his love to her into wrath against her but when he was just going to put this matter past all remedy he heard the news that caesar was the victor in the war and that antony and cleopatra were both dead and that he had conquered egypt whereupon he made haste to go to meet caesar and left the affairs of his family in their present state however mariamne recommended so he must do him as he was setting out on his journey and professed that she owed him thanks for the care he had taken of her and asked of the king for him a place in the government upon which an honorable employment was bestowed upon him accordingly now when herod was come into egypt he was introduced to caesar with great freedom as already a friend of his and received very great favors from him for he made him a present of those four hundred galatians who had been cleopatra's guards and restored that country to him again which by her means had been taken away from him he also added to his kingdom gadara hippos and samaria and besides those the maritime cities gaza and anthedon and joppa and strato's tower upon these new acquisitions he grew more magnificent and conducted caesar as far as antioch 
but upon his return as much as his prosperity was augmented by the foreign additions that had been made him so much the greater were the distresses that came upon him in his own family and chiefly in the affair of his wife wherein he formerly appeared to have been most of all fortunate for the affection he had for mariamne was no way inferior to the affections of such as are on that account celebrated in history and this very justly as for her she was in other respects a chaste woman and faithful to him yet had she somewhat of a woman rough by nature and treated her husband imperiously enough because she saw he was so fond of her as to be enslaved to her she did not also consider seasonably with herself that she lived under a monarchy and that she was at another's disposal and accordingly would behave herself after a saucy manner to him which yet he usually put off in a jesting way and bore with moderation and good temper she would also expose his mother and his sister openly on account of the meanness of their birth and would speak unkindly of them insomuch that there was before this a disagreement and unpardonable hatred among the women and it was now come to greater reproaches of one another than formerly which suspicions increased and lasted a whole year after herod returned from caesar however these misfortunes which had been kept under some decency for a great while burst out all at once upon such an occasion as was now offered for as the king was one day about noon laying down on his bed to rest him he called for mariamne out of the great affection he had always for her she came in accordingly but would not lie down by him and when he was very desirous of her company she showed her contempt of him and added by way of reproach that he had caused her father and her brother to be slain and when he took this injury very unkindly and was ready to use violence to her in a precipitate manner the king's sister salome observing that he was more than ordinarily disturbed sent in to the king his cup-bearer who had been prepared long beforehand for such a design and bid him tell the king how mariamne had persuaded him to give his assistance in preparing a love potion for him and if he appeared to be greatly concerned and to ask what that love potion was to tell him that she had the potion and that he was desired only to give it to him but that in case he did not appear to be much concerned at this potion to let the thing drop and that if he did so no harm should thereby come to him when she had given him these instructions she sent him in at this time to make such a speech so he went in after a composed manner to gain credit to what he should say and yet somewhat hastily and said that mariamne had given him presents and persuaded him to give him a love potion and when this moved the king he said that this love potion was a composition that she had given him whose effects he did not know which was the reason of his resolving to give him this information as the safest course he could take both for himself and for the king when herod heard what he said and was in an ill disposition before his indignation grew more violent 
and he ordered that eunuch of Mariamne, who was most faithful to her, to be brought to torture about this potion. As well knowing it was not possible that anything small or great could be done without him. And when the man was under the utmost agonies, he could say nothing concerning the thing he was tortured about, but so far he knew that Mariamne's hatred against him was occasioned by somewhat that Sohemus had said to her. Now as he was saying this, Herod cried out aloud and said that Sohemus, who had been at all other times most faithful to him and to his government, would not have betrayed what injunctions he had given him unless he had had a nearer conversation than ordinary with Mariamne. So he gave order that Sohemus should be seized on and slain immediately, but he allowed his wife to take her trial, and got together those that were most faithful to him, and laid an elaborate accusation against her for this love potion and composition, which had been charged upon her by way of calumny only. However, he kept no temper in what he said, and was in too great a passion for judging well about this matter. Accordingly, when the court was at length satisfied that he was so resolved, they passed the sentence of death upon her. But when the sentence was passed upon her, this temper was suggested by himself and by some others of the court, that she should not be thus hastily put to death, but be laid in prison in one of the fortresses belonging to the kingdom. But Salome and her party labored hard to have the woman put to death, and they prevailed with the king to do so, and advised this out of caution, lest the multitude should be tumultuous if she were suffered to live. And thus was Mariamne led to execution. When Alexandra observed how things went, and that there were small hopes that she herself should escape the like treatment from Herod, she changed her behavior to quite the reverse of what might have been expected from her former boldness, and this after a very indecent manner, for out of her desire to show how entirely ignorant she was of the crimes laid against Mariamne, she leaped out of her place and reproached her daughter in the hearing of all the people, and cried out that she had been an ill woman and ungrateful to her husband, and that her punishment came justly upon her for such her insolent behavior, for that she had not made proper returns to him who had been their common benefactor. And when she had for some time acted after this hypocritical manner, and been so outrageous as to tear her hair, this indecent and dissembling behavior, as was to be expected, was greatly condemned by the rest of the spectators, as it was principally by the poor woman who was to suffer, for at the first she gave her not a word, nor was discomposed at her peevishness, and only looked at her. Yet did she out of a greatness of soul discover her concern for her mother's offense, and especially for her exposing herself in a manner so unbecoming her. But as for herself, she went to her death with an unshaken firmness of mind, and without changing the color of her face, and thereby evidently discovered the nobility of her descent to the spectators, even in the last moments of her life.
and thus died mariamne a woman of an excellent character both for chastity and greatness of soul but she wanted moderation and had too much of contention in her nature yet had she all that can be said in the beauty of her body and her majestic appearance in conversation and thence arose the greatest part of the occasions why she did not prove so agreeable to the king nor live so pleasantly with him as she might otherwise have done for while she was most indulgently used by the king out of his fondness for her and did not expect that he could do any hard thing to her she took too unbounded a liberty moreover that which most afflicted her was what he had done to her relations and she ventured to speak of all they had suffered by him and at last greatly provoked both the king's mother and sister till they became enemies to her and even he himself also did the same on whom alone she depended for her expectations of escaping the last of punishments but when she was once dead the king's affections for her were kindled in a more outrageous manner than before whose old passion for her we have already described for his love to her was not of a calm nature nor such as we usually meet with among other husbands for at its commencement it was of an enthusiastic kind nor was it by their long cohabitation and free conversation together brought under his power to manage but at this time his love to mariamne seemed to seize him in such a peculiar manner as looked like divine vengeance upon him for the taking away her life for he would frequently call for her and frequently lament for her in a most indecent manner moreover he bethought him of everything he could make use of to divert his mind from thinking of her and contrived feasts and assemblies for that purpose but nothing would suffice he therefore laid aside the administration of public affairs and was so far conquered by his passion that he would order his servants to call for mariamne as if she were alive and could still hear them and when he was in this way there arose a pestilential disease and carried off the greatest part of the multitude and of his best and most esteemed friends and made all men suspect that this was brought upon them by the anger of god for the injustice that had been done to mariamne this circumstance affected the king still more till at length he forced himself to go into desert places and there under pretense of going a-hunting bitterly afflicted himself yet had he not borne his grief there many days before he fell into a most dangerous distemper himself he had an inflammation upon him and a pain in the hinder part of his head joined with madness and for the remedies that were used they did him no good at all but proved contrary to his case and so at length brought him to despair all the physicians also that were about him partly because the medicines they brought for his recovery could not at all conquer the disease and partly because his diet could be no other 
than what his disease inclined him to, desired him to eat whatever he had a mind to, and so left the small hopes they had of his recovery in the power of that diet, and committed him to fortune. And thus did his distemper go on while he was at Samaria, now called Sebast. Now Alexandra abode at this time at Jerusalem, and being informed what condition Herod was in, she endeavored to get possession of the fortified places that were about the city, which were two, the one belonging to the city itself, the other belonging to the temple, and those that could get them into their hands had the whole nation under their power, for without the command of them it was not possible to offer their sacrifices. And to think of leaving on those sacrifices is to every Jew plainly impossible, who were still more ready to lose their lives than to leave off that divine worship which they have been wont to pay unto God. Alexander, therefore, discoursed with those that had the keeping of these strongholds, that it was proper for them to deliver the same to her, and to Herod's sons, lest upon his death any other person should seize upon the government, and that upon his recovery none could keep them more safely for him than those of his own family. These words were not by them at all taken in good part, and as they had been in former times faithful to Herod, they resolved to continue so more than ever, both because they hated Alexandra, and because they thought it a sort of impiety to despair of Herod's recovery while he was yet alive, for they had been his old friends, and one of them, whose name was Achaibus, was his cousin German. They sent messengers, therefore, to acquaint him with Alexandra's design. So he made no longer delay, but gave orders to have her slain. Yet was it still with difficulty, and after he had endured great pain, that he got clear of his distemper. He was still sorely afflicted, both in mind and body, and made very uneasy, and readier than ever upon all occasions, to inflict punishment upon those that fell under his hand. He also slew the most intimate of his friends, Costobarus, and Lysimachus, and Cadius, who was also called Antipater, as also Dositheus, and that upon the following occasion. Costobarus was an Idumean by birth, and one of principal dignity among them, and one whose ancestors had been priests to the Kos, whom the Idumeans had formerly esteemed as a god. But after Hyrcanus had made a change in their political government and made them receive the Jewish customs and law, Herod made Costobarus governor of Idumea and Gaza, and gave him his sister Salome to wife and this was upon the slaughter of his uncle Joseph, who had that government before, as we have related already. When Costobarus had gotten to be so highly advanced, it pleased him, and was more than he hoped for, and he was more and more puffed up by his good success, and in a little while he exceeded all bounds, and did not think fit to obey what Herod as their ruler commanded him, or that the Idumeans should make use of the Jewish customs, or be subject to them. 
he therefore sent to cleopatra and informed her that the idumeans had been always under his progenitors and that for the same reason it was but just that she should desire that country for him of antony for that he was ready to transfer his friendship to her and this he did not because he was better pleased to be under cleopatra's government but because he thought that upon the diminution of herod's power it would not be difficult for him to obtain himself the entire government over the idumeans and somewhat more also for he raised his hopes still higher as having no small pretenses both by his birth and by these riches which he had gotten by his constant attention to filthy lucre and accordingly it was not a small matter that he aimed at so cleopatra desired this country of antony but failed of her purpose an account of this was brought to herod who was thereupon ready to kill costobarus yet upon the entreaties of his sister and mother he forgave him and vouchsafed to pardon him entirely though he still had a suspicion of him afterward for this his attempt but some time afterward when salome happened to quarrel with costobarus she sent him a bill of divorce and dissolved her marriage with him though this was not according to the jewish laws for with us it is lawful for a husband to do so but a wife if she departs from her husband cannot of herself be married to another unless her former husband put her away however salome chose to follow not the law of her country but the law of her authority and so renounced her wedlock and told her brother herod that she left her husband out of her good will to him because she perceived that he with antipater and lysimachus and dosithius were raising a sedition against him as an evidence whereof she alleged the case of the sons of babas that they had been by him preserved alive already for the interval of twelve years which proved to be true but when herod thus unexpectedly heard of it he was greatly surprised at it and was the more surprised because the relation appeared incredible to him as for the fact relating to the sons of babas herod had formerly taken great pains to bring them to punishment as being enemies to his government but they were now forgotten by him on account of the length of time since he had ordered them to be slain now the cause of his ill-will and hatred to them arose hence that while antigonus was king herod with his army besieged the city of jerusalem where the distress and miseries which the besieged endured were so pressing that the greater number of them invited herod into the city and already placed their hopes on him now the sons of babas were of great dignity and had power among the people and were faithful to antigonus and were always raising calumnies against herod and encouraged the people to preserve the government to that royal family which held it by inheritance so these men acted thus politically and as they thought for their own advantage but when the city was taken and herod had gotten the government into his hands and costobarus was appointed to hinder men from passing out at the gates and to guard the city 
that those citizens that were guilty and of the party opposite to the king might not get out of it costobarus being sensible that the sons of babas were had in respect and honor by the whole multitude and supposing that their preservation might be of great advantage to him in the changes of government afterward he set them by themselves and concealed them in his own farms and when the thing was suspected he assured herod upon oath that he really knew nothing of that matter and so overcame the suspicions that lay upon him nay after that when the king had publicly proposed a reward for the discovery and had put in practice all sorts of methods for searching out this matter he would not confess it but being persuaded that when he had at first denied it if the men were found he should not escape unpunished he was forced to keep them secret not only out of his good will to them but out of a necessary regard to his own preservation also but when the king knew the thing by his sister's information he sent men to the places where he had the intimation they were concealed and ordered both them and those that were accused as guilty with them to be slain insomuch that there were now none at all left of the kindred of hyrcanus and the kingdom was entirely in herod's own power and there was nobody remaining of such dignity as could put a stop to what he did against the jewish laws end of book 15 chapter 7 recording by bill mosley Frelsberg, Texas, USA.